0: So last week we talked about um, the complete life. We, we shared uh, two scriptures that are going to be shared for the next two weeks as well, and that is John 10.10, 10, uh, and it says, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. And I have come that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. James 1.4, But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now today what I want to talk about is the uh, four-dimensional fitness to the complete life. Four-dimensional fitness. Last week we talked about life detox. And in life detox we, we shared that basically you need to fast toxic life choices and you need to feed on healthy life choices. Y'all remember that. Give me an amen. amen. I will preach much better and get you out of here faster if you draw it out of me. Amen. So, so, uh, life detox that you're going to fast, you know, spend some time fasting those life choices that are toxic to you, and you're going to spend a little more time on the life choices that are healthy for you. this week, as we focus on the, uh, four dimensional fitness of life, uh, I'll cover three areas and next week we'll come back and finish this series up, um, with the area of spiritual fitness. I want to spend a little more more time on spiritual fitness, and so I wanted to give it its own Sunday to to speak about the uh, dimensions of spiritual fitness. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with, number one, that we are all stewards of life. First and foremost, we need to understand that every single one of us are stewards of life. God has given us a life that we'll give an account for. He's given each of us. matter of fact, the Bible says that, that He has numbered our days, isn't that right? God knows the number of our days, And, and because of that, what happens is, is that God, from this moment to this moment, I'm fearfully and wonderfully in my mother's womb, I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made, and from that point to the point where I give this life up, I'm, I pass from this life into eternal life, I give an account to the Lord Jesus Christ. For how I manage this life. How I stewarded the life that God gave me. Physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So life detox, fasting, toxic life choice, feeding on healthy life choices. Feeding on the healthy life choices, what it does is it allows me to steward my life the way that God intended me to steward my life. Now, how many find that it's not necessarily that easy to make good choices physically where it comes to eating yes and we're going to talk about food today i might even use the word gluttony (laughs) which is the one word it's like that somehow is not a sin anymore in 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 the church if you will we don't talk about it because it might offend somebody it's not meant to offend it's meant to challenge us Remember, Jesus invites us, but he always challenges us, if you will. He wants us to go further in our life and and be healthy. He wants us to have that abundant life that he promised, but to do that, it requires discipline. Amen? Amen. Listen to this. We're all stewards of life. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought with a price, or at a price, Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now you see two areas right there of the four dimensions that are meant, that they're mentioned right there, and that is you see the body and you see the spirit. You don't necessarily see it mentioning the mind and the emotions, but I promise you the mind and the emotions are very involved in what you do in your body and what you do in your spirit. And, and, and we're going to discover here that there's a reason why that is. Your will is at the center of it. Your will is the hinge pin, if you will, to all of that. What you will, you do. I will go and do this, or I will go and do that. I will go and follow after the Spirit, or I will go and follow after the flesh. Come on now. First point here, how important then... Is your physical health? How important? I, I think that's what it comes down to. Change the will. To change our mind, oftentimes our emotion is engaged in that. Uh, we we get information that says, uh, basically, let's do it this way. So we get information that says, um, by by stepping on the scales, I know my ideal weight is is 190, 190, 195. one ninety one ninety five. I'll give myself five pounds there, and I step on the scales and I hit. You know, uh, five years ago, I hit 265, and I'm standing on that scale, and I go in the mirror, and, and, and I'm just like looking in the mirror, you slob, and I start talking, now think about that, it's definitely not positive talk to myself, is it? <laughs> See, I get the, the bad news, I'm staring the bad news square in the face, or square in the stomach, whatever I'm staring it down like I hate it but it hasn't come to the place of where my emotions are affected enough and and evidently see somehow in my mind that I've got it that it's it's that food tastes so good that it's much better than losing the weight come on it just oh man those carbs are just so good especially you pull up in front of a movie and eat a whole bag of Doritos but after 30 years old, it, a bag of Doritos, it just doesn't act the same for some reason. It used to be I could eat whatever and never gain a pound. Not now. Hmm. So I'd say to Angie, do I look fat? No, honey, you don't look fat. Now, she said that stuff to me before, and I don't care, period. The answer is always no with your wife, gentlemen. That's just it. No, honey, you don't. I'm like, you're lying to me. <laughs> she goes, honey, I-, I love you no matter what. And it's like, great. So you just told me I'm fat. <clears> hmm. <throat> how important is your physical health? If your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, how important is your physical health? Pretty important. Pretty important. 1 Timothy eight says this. For while, while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Now, Paul is putting greater emphasis on the Spirit. I will put greater emphasis on the Spirit because we're going to spend a whole Sunday on the Spirit, okay? But today I want to say that he, he's saying this. In the King James it says, "Profits little, bodily exercise profits little. It's still profit though, it still helps you. And trust me, when, when, when you're healthy in your physical body, it, you have the energy, you have the drive to carry out what God's called you to do. Think about it this way, somebody that, let's say they, they drink a fifth of, of, of alcohol, you know hard alcohol, every single day they drink a whole fifth, how long are they going to be around? Not long, right? Uh, what about a person that, like, you know, uh, does drugs, you know, cocaine or, or crack or whatever, and they do it every single day? How long are they going to be around? What about a person that eats a cheeseburger? Anybody ever see that movie, uh, Super Size It? Or it was a documentary more so. Guy ate at McDonald's every meal every day for, I think it was 30 days or something like that. I can't remember how many pounds he gave, but he, like, blew up. And basically, he couldn't even get through the whole challenge. The reason why he couldn't get through the whole challenge is because his body was so toxic that the doctors told him, like, you can't eat this anymore, you're going to die. See where I'm coming from? And that was less than 30 days he was looking at death. Now, we may not do something that extreme, but each day that we make a, a bad choice concerning our diet, and we subject our body to toxins... Guess what happens? We do get sick. What happens is, is we, we find ourselves in that place of where we can't function. It affects your mind, you can't think. It certainly expect, it affects your spirit. Jesus wouldn't have fasted as much as he did, and he wouldn't have challenged us to fast if it wasn't for that case. Is that when we fast, we put the flesh under and we give the spirit. That ability to take the lead in our own life. And I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit there. I'm talking about our spirit. The Holy Spirit is there wanting to lead. But what happens if the carnal man, we feed it and it's stronger, what happens is, is that we give way to those things rather than our spirit being in the lead and giving way to what the Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us into. So it's important for us to recognize how uh, our physical health uh, plays in the matter. There's a man who went to his doctor. For a checkup and the doctor came uh, in with the results of the physical and he looked at the man and he said this, he said, are you living a normal life? And he said, yeah, doc, I'm living a pretty normal life. He goes, we're going to have to stop it or you'll die. And the case for most of us, you know, we just live normally like everybody else. And the reality is we've been called to live in a greater way than everyone else. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly, but to live that abundant life, It comes with choices that are healthy and turning away from choices that are toxic, amen? According to Jordan Metzl, a sports medicine physician at New York City's uh, Hospital for Special Surgery and the author of The Exercise Cure, exercise is the best preventative drug drug and we all need to take it. Physical fitness, this is one of your points there, physical fitness because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Physical fitness... Because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let me me ask you this. If we take it and we put it in the physical sense now, and we said, okay, you walk up to to Gateway Church, and basically the the doors, you know, when you open the door, the door falls on the ground, you got to hang the door back up. You come in, uh, the seats are all ripped and torn. There's dirt on them. There's mud on them. You know, bubble gum all over them. The floor is just caked with dirt. The walls have marks and scratches and everything all over it. How many of you think that you come in and be like, whoa, I don't know. You go to the bathroom. Let's go to that direction. We try and keep those bathrooms really nice because the bathrooms is an important area. <laughs> you walk in there and things aren't cleaned. And so your impression then, are you going to come be in the temple? Are you going to come be in this place? When you find yourself going, uh, I think I want to find a cleaner place. If you think of the very term Holy Spirit, He's holy. So, what kind of a temple do you think He wants to dwell in? Too serious? He wants to dwell in a holy temple. Now, now, here's the good news. Okay, I've given you the bad. It's like standing in front of the miracle. Jeez, look at you. You know. That's the bad news. The good news is, by God's grace, he gives you the power to live a holy life. By God's grace. See, I stand and look in that mirror, and I can look in that mirror every single day and and get bigger and bigger and bigger and do nothing about it. Where I can turn and say, okay, Lord, help me. And you know what God does? He goes, I did. I gave you a mind. (laughs) And I did give you a will. (laughs) And I gave you some emotions. Are you emotionally stressed out enough are you dealing with enough pain with what you're looking at to actually make a change assert your will a different direction (laughs) come on now it's like man pastor you gotta stop preaching this kind of stuff right no here's the thing about your will right see see god gives you that will he designed you you're fearfully and wonderfully made so you got to come back to that am i fearfully and wonderfully made or not are you fearfully and wonderfully made or not and if you are guess what you have to recognize that God has put the capacity in you to make decisions that are healthy and not toxic for your life. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. It's kind of like, Derek, I've given you the power. Okay, Lord, then just make it go away. (laughs) That did not happen. (laughs) Here's the power I have given you. It's called decision. Oh, So, decision to what? A decision to discipline. Can you say amen? 1 Corinthians 6.19 says this. Or do you not know, again, I'm, I'm going back to our scripture. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you whom you have from God? God sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in this temple. But he gives you the responsibility as steward to take care of the temple of God. Amen? Do you know that when it comes to the church building and everything going on here, when you give and you serve and you help, all of us come up here, and you know what? Uh, the staff. What's one of the things that you guys have to do every week before you go home? What do you got to walk around and do? Come up here with me, Joshua. <laughs> Joshua's the quiet one on the staff, so I I put him in uncomfortable situations just to stretch him, and he loves me for it. <laughs> what do you have to do before you go home every week? You walk around the room and you do what? We do a walkthrough, make sure everything is good to go. Check the walls for paint, check the carpet up here for if it needs to be re-vacuumed or yep. any number of they things. Around, they go around paintbrushes touching up little spots on the walls. Why? Because we want you coming in here and going, oh, it looks pretty nice. If we didn't touch up by the time we went through about a month to two months, this place would be white specks all over the place and you'd be like, man, that looks pretty nasty, you know? Uh, what else do you have to do Uh, make sure all the chairs are in straight rows um, the way we have set it up and designed it to look each week broken chairs are thrown out kids stuck bubble gum on a chair it's got to go right when you you're not going to walk up and sit down in that chair isn't that right so what does that require it requires a decision to be disciplined to carry out those responsibilities every single day or every single week thank you So here's the thing, physical fitness, first and foremost, um, say this with me, you're going to be hearing some things here in the future, Uh, the staff are reading a book called uh, Start With Why, and in that book it talks about this, do you know at the beginning of every year, people buy gym memberships, did you know that? You hear on the radio, sign up now and you'll lose 30 pounds by the end of, you know, January, Well, yeah, if you, if you actually use the gym membership. They, they'll throw all these messages out there, and people get all inspired, like, it's a New Year's resolution, this year I'm doing it, you watch and see. By the end of February, I mean, I know by, I go to the gym, and it's a discipline every, you know, almost every day. I go five days a week to the gym, and I exercise. And I have to, because I want to eat good food. <laughs> We're gonna be doing this Daniel fast and the rabbit food just doesn't get it done for me. I'll do it and fast and submit my body, but at the same time, you know what? I like I like steak. I like pizza, you know. So here's the deal is that it it takes that, that point of discipline to make a decision to go that way. God gave us a mind, He gave us emotions, and He gave us a will. It exists in the soul. We'll see a little bit more about that in a minute. But in, in context of that, what happens is, is that God doesn't come down and go, hey, I'll, I'll go order that, that meal for you rather than that meal for you. God doesn't come down and all of a sudden usurp free will and say, hey, you don't get to order your food anymore. I'm going to order it for you. He puts a decision in front of us called fasting that says live a fasted lifestyle. It's not that, look. He told the children of Israel, go into the land and eat the fat and drink the sweet. I like to eat the fat and drink the sweet. But he also has moments he comes along and says, hey, for this season, fast. Detox your life. Submit yourself to the things of God all the more so that what you do is you let your flesh know. You let your carnal man know you are not in charge here. The spirit man's in charge. And we can enjoy life, we can have an abundant life, but that abundant life doesn't mean we're going to abandon spiritual things. Can you say amen, saints? Amen. <clears throat> so the National Institute of Health estimates that two-thirds, say that with me, two-thirds, of American adults are overweight. That means over 135 million Americans are overweight, and almost half of those are heavy enough to be considered obese. A fasted lifestyle is the key to getting control of that area of our lives. As we said last week, again, do a life detox. Proverbs 23 says this, when you sit down to eat, I want to I show you very clearly here, this is in the Word, when you sit down to eat with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you, and put a knife to your throat if you are a man given to appetite. Let me just refer this to, number one, Jesus is not telling you to kill yourself. It's not what he's doing. I'm thinking, we sat down with our king. We're we're actually called to his banqueting table. When he offers that abundant life, he's offering in every aspect of our life, he's he's considering uh, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, he's offering an abundant life for us. But in doing so, what he's saying is is that don't let your carnal man be at the lead of that. If you're given to appetite, if you're given to those carnal desires it's better, put a knife to your throat because what you do is you're, you're setting yourself up to march down a road that will deprive you of the spiritual life that Jesus died on the cross to give you and to be in the lead. <clears throat> Let me put this one out there. For all the physical exercise we do, and this is why this is important to, to consider where it comes to the complete life, where your physical life is concerned. Do you know that exercise is only 20% of weight loss? Exercise, physical exercise is only 20% of being fit. 80% of dealing with our weight and keeping it under control, 80% of it is diet. Fact. Now, I know this isn't a fun subject, but as we go into our fast, I do want to challenge us to weigh what does my diet look like? What are the things that I'm putting in my body, and are they healthy for me? Last year, Americans spent 61, say 61, 61 billion dollars on weight loss. Pills, you know, uh, um, ex- you know exercise programs, and, and books, you know, material or information. 61 billion (laughs) dollars it's pretty expensive isn't it you know discipline might be harder but it's cheaper (laughs) (laughs) write that down (laughs) if you take anything else home with you today because we've been called to follow christ to be disciples that means disciplined ones we'll discipline one in the spirit not in in the flesh you'll never be disciplined in your spirit if you're not disciplined in your flesh make no mistake about it this body carries that spirit that dwells on the inside of you this body carries that spirit wherever you go isn't that right being led from the inside out is a whole lot harder than being led from the outside in that's why jesus calls us to be disciples disciples to be disciplined ones to apply his word and say okay you know what I don't get to make my own decisions what does your word say and then guess what you do you bring a few people along with you and you say would you hold me accountable to that because <laughs> I know I'm gonna go the other way at some point how many times have I said I'm not eating any more McDonald's cheeseburgers how many times a huh? hundred times And then she looks at me and says, hey, go pick up some McDonald's. Oh, yeah, no problem. I'll go get it. (laughs) Sounds good to me. What do you want? Uh, Just give me one of those small cheeseburgers. I'm like, okay, no problem. I I, I might just, maybe we just split one of those. And then I get there, and they're like, can I take your order, sir? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll take uh, one of those small, you know, two cheeseburger meals. Thinking, like, we'll split. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I'm like, uh... And give me a double quarter pounder with cheese and everything on it and uh, maybe uh, you know, one of those 10 pigs nuggets too. And sweet and sour sauce, so throw it in there. <laughs> I drive off, I go home, I eat all that food, and I go to bed and I think I'm gonna have to spend an extra half hour on the treadmill tomorrow. <laughs> and see, that becomes that what is it? It's the lack of discipline to eat that, especially at night before I go to bed, because I'm gonna swell up like a balloon. Discipline's harder, but it's definitely cheaper. So, here's the deal. Undertake some steps towards physical fitness. Take some steps towards physical fitness. I'm going to give you some of those, and then what we'll do, we'll, we'll post these on our Facebook page and, and, and make the, the notes that I have available. Uh, exercise three to five times a week. Exercise three to five, undertake some steps towards physical fitness. Exercise three to five times a week if you feel lonely, frustrated, and stressed, go for a walk or a run. Don't don't sit on the, the couch and just kind of go, oh, I just hate my life. Go for a walk and think, oh, I hate my life, but I feel better. <laughs> you with me? Trust me. It, the thing about physical exercise is it releases endorphins in your body, and it actually is God's, it's God's design. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. He actually made you to be active. And even when Paul says, you know what? When Paul says to us, like bodily exercise profits little, just remember, Paul was walking everywhere he went. <laughs> you get what I'm saying there? I mean, you know, Paul's there, and it's like, you know, they're walking everywhere, and, you know, they, trust me, they had a, a much more physical life just to get through life, and Paul's like, bodily exercise profits little. You know? And it's like, why am I going to go do more when I'm walking everywhere I go? I got like 10 miles a day, you know, under my belt where it comes to just getting to the places I got to go. See, we jump in the car and go where we're going and we sit. Hmm. A lot of their work was not sitting around. Do you know that even for the Pharisees and Sadducees and all them, you know, they, they weren't behind desks necessarily all day. They were out teaching people and they're moving around and going, there's activity God created us to be active. Listen, even the Word of God itself is what? Active, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, even dividing asunder. It's active. It's, all, it's moving. It's doing. I sent my Word out into the earth, and it will not return to me void. The Word of God is working and moving, and all that God is set in motion, it's all moving. Everything's moving. The Bible actually says in Him we live and move and have our being we want to have good being we need to be moving so that we can live the complete life uh find an exercise partner that always works really well if i if i don't show up at the gym for a couple of days i get a text from some guys they're like hey man where you at you like falling off the wagon uh i'll be there tomorrow you know Uh, Get enough rest. Very important to get enough rest. Now, I'm not one to to really point that out too much. I'm kind of a a five-hour-a-night guy, you know. I I don't know what that is. But every so often, I just, like, pull up somewhere in a corner and take a 15, 20-minute nap in the middle of the day. Like, (laughs) I'm out, you know. But but I tend to work late at night and early in the morning. So um, do what's best for you. But uh, uh, statistics say that it's really good for you to get eight hours of sleep. Here, here comes a big one. Drink six to eight, gla- eight ounce glasses of water a day. <laughs> Angie hates water. <laughs> I'm like, you need to drink more water. She goes, I hate water. Can I have a Coke? <laughs> drink six to eight glasses of water. You'll be amazed at how it helps you. You know, uh, most of our body is made up of water. So your body needs it. So drink six to eight glasses of water. Eat nutritious foods. Wash your hands often and always before you eat. I was telling Angie, I literally almost, in that uh, obsessive-compulsive way, I wash my hands so much more than I used to. Uh, with the daycare running here, I go back, you know, I interact with the kids, and I touch the little Petri dishes back there, and and I come out, and, uh, you know, I eat, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, it's like, I'm sick, you know. I was sick all the time. I wash my hands all the time now, and I find myself getting sick a whole lot less. And actually, you know what? Uh, the medical field says that's the number one thing you can do to keep from, from uh, uh, catching what's going around. Okay, moving on. Number two, how important is your mental health? How important is your mental health? John 1 and 2 says, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in, uh, in good health as it goes well with your soul. Now, I've already... Alluded to the fact that the soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind—what what you learn, what you know—has great effect on how you assert your will. Your emotions, without question, people are like, "Well, you shouldn't be led by your emotions." Well, no, you shouldn't in some ways, but I, I think Angie's really happy that I express myself to her in a in an emotional way at times. I love you, honey. It's like you know, a, I love you. Have a good day. I think she's, she's, she's probably pretty happy that God created with me with emotions. I'm like, baby, I love you so much, you know, right? Come on, ladies, give me an amen. amen. Some of the men are like, shut up, pastor. <laughs> hmm. God created us, and he, again, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, and the way that he made us, all of those aspects are important, but they're important to have discipline. It's important for your emotions to have some discipline to them. It's important for your, 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 your knowledge to have some discipline to it. Don't just believe everything that's out there. Come on now. The Bible says that there are so many voices in the world and none of them without significance. Everybody's trying to influence you to do something. All you've got to do is watch the, or the, the Super Bowl and you know that people are on there selling something. And those voices are not without significance. They're trying to influence you to go their way. Come on now. <clears throat> so make sure there's discipline uh, in those areas. Your soul is made up of your mind, will, and emotions. There's three blanks there. I, I know I've said it. I want to make sure you get that filled in. The mental deals with the, my, or the, the mind's state of being. The mental deals with the mind's state of being or intelligence, uh, whereas m- emotions deal with our feelings. To achieve a balance in, our, in, in all areas, physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, you must first accept that there are dimensions beyond the physical. So often, everybody's focused on everything that they can see, touch, feel, taste. We're deceived by that sometimes, that there are these other three areas of our life that need to be satisfied, and we cannot live the complete life until we acknowledge that everything, you know, uh, that's physical is not all that exists. I'm more than what you see. You see me physically. When I speak, you... You experience something from my intellect. As I throw a joke out here or there, what, do you, what are you experiencing? You experience the emotional side of things. You get to experience me as a human being. And when, when we have those moments in prayer and in worship, when I begin to express and, and talk with God before the congregation, for all of us, in that role of leadership, what happens is, is you are experiencing part of my spirit as the Holy Spirit moves through it. Come on now. It's important for us to feed all those areas of life the right way so that there's health flowing from those areas of life. And that what people actually see is that the promise that Jesus made to us as believers, that we can have a life and that life be more abundant, is in all of those areas. And they actually get to see it and witness it Happening in all of those areas. To do that, we have to renew our minds, though. We, have to, our, our, we, we actually have to let the Word of God come and renew our mind to, to change the way we think about things. Acknowledging and nurturing all four aspects of the human life is absolutely necessary to experience the blessing of the complete life. Acknowledging all those areas is necessary. So mental fitness because the mind is a terrible thing to waste. Mental fitness, because the mind is a terrible thing to waste. You ever heard somebody say, man, that person has so much potential, and yet they, they won't discipline themselves to do the things that, that would take them so much further? They lean on their talent or their gifts, and they, they don't apply themselves to learn, and therefore they're not able to achieve everything that they possibly could? The mind's a terrible thing to waste. God gave every one of us a mind. It's up to us to build it, sharpen it, and to enrich it so that the decisions we're making are not just our own, but they're, they're God's uh, in intellect, if you will, being downloaded through his word and by his spirit into us. Listen to what Isaiah 26.3 says. You will keep him in perfect peace. There's that complete life. I, I want perfect peace in my life. I don't like conflict. Come on now. Yeah. Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. See, when we, we stay our mind, meaning when we, when we submit our, our, our thoughts to what God's thoughts are, meaning his word, he shared his thoughts with us, and as we submit that, it renews our mind and we begin to think the way that God thinks. And when we think the way that God thinks, we can be in perfect peace in our life. Now, you tell most people you can live life with per- perfect peace, and guess what they'll tell you? You tell most believers they can live their life with perfect peace. Uh-uh, oh, I've been through this and this, but you didn't have peace by the Lord Jesus Christ through that situation? Because you can. It doesn't matter what we go through. When we go through those things, we know that we're going to go through them and that Jesus is there with us. He'll never, never leave us nor forsake us. The Bible says that... that um, Though we go through the fire or we pass through the fire, guess what happens to those who believe? We're not burned. When we come through the water, we're not drowned. That's that's everything that God did for Israel. Everything that God did uh, through His Son, Jesus Christ, can be experienced by us if we'll submit the way that we think. We'll exchange our ways of thinking for God's ways of thinking. Did you ever think about why brain cells die so quick and fat cells reproduce so quick? I hate to be stuck on that, but I'm just saying, 61 billion dollars. 61 billion dollars. We don't even want to put that beside what the church... You all hearing me on that? What people spend on weight loss versus spend on spiritual, right? Health. What they consider physical health versus spiritual health. You don't even put those numbers beside each other because they can't be compared. <laughs> And I'd say it's because brain cells are dying and fat cells reproduce so fast. <laughs> Something about the fallen nature of man that just gives this flesh such a drive and everything else wants to, you know, you have to work so hard at. So let me say this. The reason why fat cells produce so so quickly and brain cells die so quickly, what you feed is what's going to grow. What you feed in your Natural man, that's what's going to grow. You feed on things that make you fat, you get fat. You feed on things that make you lean, it makes you lean. In your mental, in your mind, what you feed on is what's going to grow. And it is most important to take note what you're feeding on, what kind of thoughts. Y'all remember Dr. Spock who came out in the, what was it, the 70s, 60s? Sorry, I didn't I didn't live there. No, that wasn't an insult. <laughs> Angie knows all about it. No, she was born in the 60s. I was born in 70, so. He came out with it's not good to spank your kids. The Bible says, spare the rod, spoil the child. Don't beat your kids, but disciplining them is a different story. So he comes out with that, and in it. Isn't it interesting to see that from that point where that mindset and man let me tell you how quick people were picking that up and now we have a generation that has so little discipline my generation had so much you know less discipline it wasn't even funny throwing caution at the wind and making decisions that were so destructive to life i think it's important to always take the things that the thoughts and the the things that people are sharing and subject them to what God's word says about those life decisions. How are you going to raise your kids? How are you going to live your marriage out? How are you going to uh, live out your workplace? You know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, Warren, can I use you for a second? Um, Warren shared with me one time, Warren worked uh, as a um, financial, you did all the finances for the car dealership. And I remember him sharing a story one time about how uh the general manager said to him like hey here's what we're going to do Warren's like you can't do that that's basically illegal it's wrong he's like no you're going to do it Warren quit his job over that and went and got a new one and I remember when he shared that with me my my you know it's like we knew each other but it's like that when he shared that story with me there was something that resonated in me about Warren is that here's a man of integrity and, and his integrity is measured by what? It's measured by what God is seeing him do. It wasn't measured by, I could get ahead if I do this and I'll keep my job. It was, well, no, I'll go ahead and get my job up. If that's what you want to run things like, I'm going to see you. I'll go find something else. Why? Because he didn't look to that employer as his source. He looked to God as his source. And, and I share that just to say, from that standpoint, so often loss Facing loss can make us decide to do something that's toxic for our life rather than healthy for our life, amen? Because once you give up internally who you are, how far will you go with that, amen? So um, um, take some steps towards mental fitness. Take some steps towards mental fitness. Listen to messages that inspire and challenge you. Read a book. Here you go. Everybody, Everybody look up here. Just, I want you to grab the chair in front of you right now. Just grab the chair in front of you. Please just do it. Everybody, just grab that chair right there. Because most people don't do this, but I'm telling you, this is very important. You got it? You're bracing yourself? Everybody, you're holding the front of your seat. Angie, you good? Read one book a month. <laughs> you see that? <laughs> you know why I had you brace yourself, right? Uh, I read probably 100 a year. <laughs> you know, read one book a month. It's a proven statistic that people who read are more successful in life, period, hands down. Read at least one book a month. It's like, well, what do I read? Just come see me. I'll set you right up. Uh, there's been very few people who ever come to my office, come see me and say, you know, I'm dealing with this, da da. And We're talking. I'm like, oh, well, you know, you could try this or that or whatever. You know, I walk over to my bookshelf. I got a book on that. And, and here, read this. And they're like, oh, man, I'm to read a book, you know. And it became a little bit of a joke to some folks that they would say, Man, if you go see pastor, like you're walking out with a book or maybe two. (laughs) Why? Because you got to feed your mind. There's nothing more frustrating than facing uh, decisions you need to make and and you're not feeding your mind. You got to feed your mind. Um, Engage in conversation about life with others. Uh, Don't argue, have a conversation. If you end up with somebody that wants to argue about things, just say, hey, you know, God bless you, man. You know, and then you know what you want to do? You kind of want to move on down to the next person and see if you can find somebody that wants to have a conversation. How many of you say that that you don't agree with everybody around you on everything? Right? Angie and I do not agree on everything. But there's there are times. There are times where I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you. And I walk away sometimes thinking, well, I know I'm right about that. When I go my way, two or three days later, I'm like, dang, she's right about that. Iron sharpens as iron as one man does another. Have people around you where you can engage and have conversation. And I, I go, it's, it's interesting, but there's some members in the church and you know, in particular, there's there's a couple of them. When I go spend some time with them, literally we can talk. Three hours goes by. And we're like, oh man, I got so much to do. I got to go. But I walk out of that place, so sharpened and challenged, and going like, okay, and this is what I need to do over here. And they Didn't even know they were saying certain things that were changing my mind about something. But it's vital to have that kind of input in your life so that you're making good decisions. Amen. Doing a small group, being a group of people where you you ha- you have Consistent interaction, uh, tra- take some training or a college course. You know something that's going to make you think out of the box. Uh, number three, how important is your emotional health? Proverbs four twenty three says, "Guard your heart above all else." Say above all else, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Now, let me say that you, in a sense, the heart is the seat of your emotions. It's kind of like where you ever hear like, "Oh, they had a broken heart. They broke my heart." Right. It's it's an emotional statement, is it not? And and that's where it comes from, that that we feel things in the heart. We actually think things in the heart as well, the Bible says. But those thoughts tend to be the ones that engage. See, we we get information here, and there's something that happens when that information gets down in here. Because it's it's married with the emotion. You'll do what you want to do. You agree? You know, you you could say, I know I need to do this, right? Right? looking in the mirror like, oh, man, I need to exercise. Where's that cheeseburger at? <laughs> it's, like the, you know, it's the emotional satisfaction of when it hits the taste buds. And, you know, there's this, this release of just feelings that are like, oh, that tastes so good. <laughs> I go get on the treadmill. Oh, that feels so bad. <laughs> right? Your emotions are very engaged in those things. And so, very important to understand, we've got to guard what we allow to get into our heart because we're, it's the seat. It's going to drive where we go. So guard it with all diligence, the Bible says, because out of it are the issues of life or flow the issues of life. Uh, the Phillips translation says are the wellsprings of life. What gets in there is going to come back up out, and that's how your life's going to be. It's how you're going to behave. It's what you're going to do. So you've got to guard it. Be careful. Emotional fitness, because without it, life can be draining. Man, if you're not fit in your emotions, I used to say to Danielle all the time, like she would get, I'm telling you, like she's, she was our little drama queen, the butterfly, you know, the social butterfly, sometimes queen bee, but didn't quite, because she was a Christian girl and we raised her right, uh, she couldn't really be a queen bee, you know what I'm saying? It's like when it came to being mean to people and just like chopping them on, like you can't be a part of our group anymore. Danielle couldn't, everybody's included. We love everybody, right? And, and then you get girls in there, they're true queen bees, and they're just like, all of a sudden they annihilate Danielle. <laughs> She comes home. Oh, I just want to die and go be with Jesus. Oh, I'm like you're nine years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah, people are so mean, Daddy. <laughs> like, okay, honey, get a, get control of your emotions. I don't know how. I'm like, like this. Stop. <laughs> I'm like, don't cry, <laughs> Dad. You me me. I'm like, uh, honey, I'm not, I love you. Come here. get in here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, stop crying. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Mm-hmm. I love you, baby. I love you so much. Do you know that you actually can discipline your emotions as well? hmm there's moments like, you know, I'm doing that one and that one's kind of funny, but i got to do one and it's pretty serious. Like moments where you lose control and you're yelling or screaming at people you love. Right? Do you know you can control that? It's called self-control, actually. And that's, that's, that's disciplining. Look, it's much more expensive to go the other way with your emotions. <laughs> you know, that doesn't mean you need to be some cold calculated person that doesn't have emotion. I'm saying that you need to have control of your emotions where you don't hurt people. Make them feel unloved. You need to be healthy in your emotions when it comes to that. Amen? Alright, let me get this wrapped up here. Isaiah 40 and 29 says this. He gives power, say power, to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. You may not think that you're capable of doing it. But you ask God to help you in that area, and you watch how he begins to grace you. Why? Because what you're doing is you're saying, God, you say that you'll do this for me. I, I don't want to lose control in my emotions. I want to be emotional, but I don't want to be an out-of-control person where my emotions are concerned. I want to be balanced. I want it to be touching for people. I want it to be inviting for people. But at the same time, when they, when they, when with that connection relationally and how that can happen, God, let me mentally be healthy as well, so that there's some substance to what they receive from me. Amen. So, uh, let me say this: I've seen people at the point of emotional breakdown in their life. Pastoring, you get to see people at the end of their rope emotionally, right? I've found oftentimes the way they think has a lot to do with how they feel. You hearing me here? Yes. And as a result of that, it, it translates into doing stupid things that affect them in a physical sense, physically, financially, physically in relationships, physically, y'all hearing me on this. Yes. Uh, comfort eating is what I've been talking about where diet's concerned. A lot of us do the comfort eating thing. And physically, because of their emotions, And mindset on those things, what happens is is physically they make bad decisions concerning their diet. It affects all those areas. They're all intertwined. And it's very important for us to recognize that we're all just one friend away from pulling out of a bad emotional state. We're all just one word of encouragement from somebody to step away from that depression that you might be in. I've been there. I've been there where I'm down and somebody say something kind to me or speak a word from God's word and say, you know what? You think this is the way it is, but God says that this is what he's going to do. Because his thoughts and his plans for you, right, they're of good and not of evil. To give you an intended end is what they said. And I remember looking that up one time. And when I saw it, that God's promise, I know the thoughts that I think, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that i think towards you they are of good and not of evil to give you a future and a hope king james is an intended end and so i'm like end look it up and then the word study on that one of the words is procrastination i've shared that often but i remember from that word that person gave me and i looked it up and procrastination that god basically it's not him that's out of line It's not God that's off in the way he thinks. It's not God that's off in emotions. It's not God that's off over here, you know, in decisions. God's true, and every man a liar. He's a rock that does not move. And so when I move to where he's at, I have something consistent and steady that I can depend on where those areas of my life are concerned. And in that, when that person spoke that, the intended end of procrastination, and you read everything that's going on there, it's all the promise that God made to his children. And when I read that program, I'm like, holy moly, wait, stop the press. They did stupid stuff, made bad decisions, and ended up in a toxic life. And what brought them back to the complete life was when they aligned themselves with God, the way they thought, the way they felt, they aligned themselves with God. And in that moment, here's what happened. All the promises that God was procrastinating. In other words, God's not, hey, I'm going to give you all this, even though you're doing whatever you want to do, rather than being aligned with, this is my blessing flows this way it doesn't flow this way you know uh, uh, i hate people yeah oh i'm gonna give you blessing in relationship (laughs) no god's blessing doesn't flow into hate god's blessing flows into love would everybody say amen to that so god's blessing is way it's like sitting there waiting to bless us that complete life that abundant life jesus promised here it is it's waiting and it's like all you got to do is put yourself under the flow you align yourself to him And that flow begins to come in your life. So, take some steps toward emotional fitness. Avoid procrastination so God doesn't have to procrastinate his promises. Talk to your friends if you need support. Make sure they're friends. (laughs) Be careful who you confide in. Can I say it that way? And you should always have one or two friends that are really, like they're the close friends. Jesus did. So have one or two friends that are really close that you can confide in. Realize it's normal to feel isolated, lonely, and sad sometimes. It's normal. People get the feeling, it's like, "It's it's not normal, I shouldn't feel this way. Everybody deals with it. They might deal with it in different ways, but everybody deals with those feelings sometimes. Find humor in situations. Laugh at yourself. I used to take myself a whole lot more serious than I do now. I've learned to laugh at myself a whole lot more. I mean, somebody would make a joke about me, and I mean, it it was meltdown. I'm like, why are you joking about me? You know, I'm all like, serious like, you know, fistic. I mean, we're throwing down, man. Don't you joke about? It's like, man, it was just kind of funny, and I'm like, it's not funny. Don't make fun of me. You know, (laughs) the thing is, man, lighten up. I mean, they lighten up, and I'm like, you know. Just hard driving and, you know, got to lighten up just a little bit. Laugh at yourself. Have a sense of humor. Um, Nothing has given me a greater sense of humor than being married and having kids. (laughs) Either that or it's insanity. (laughs) Hmm. Listen, take care of your spiritual. Write this down. Take care. Say take care. care. This is your responsibility. Take care of your spiritual, physical, physical, intellectual and emotional well-being. You might want somebody else to do it for you, but you're the steward of your life. It's your responsibility to take care of yourself. It's not somebody else. Now it's great to have others who care, but God has given you a responsibility to steward the life that he's given you. Can you say amen to that? Express gratitude to those around you. You might have reasons to be unthankful, but find every possible reason you can to be thankful towards other people around you. Hang out with people that have positive attitudes. Um, (laughs) Man, if somebody's got nothing but negative to say all the time, you need to get as far from that as you can possibly get. Pray for them from a distance. Lord, I pray for them. Lord, work in their life. Help them to see the abundant life. Because when I'm around them, I walk away, and I feel like I don't have a life, you know? you you got to make sure that that's the case. Now, if you're married to that person, I am not endorsing divorce. <laughs> I'm, invo- I'm endorsing, say, say, Pastor, we know that you are endorsing prayer. <laughs> Pray. Pray for the people around you. What I'm saying, though, is that if you find yourself drained, it's only a matter of time before you're negative with the people you're around as well. You, you know, uh, uh, write this down on your thing bank of trust just write that statement bank of trust in other words there's there's you know it's like for my marriage there's times i'm pouring more into angie than she's pouring into me there's times we're pouring into both you know one another there's times where i'm only making withdrawals from angie and that's it and there's times she's only making withdrawals from me point is is if if i'm with someone relationally in any way and it's a constant withdrawal and there's never a deposit can somebody say bankruptcy (laughs) that that's what that turns into the breakdown that takes place in those relationships are because every relationship should have sowing and reaping god establishes that for us with him and he expects once again He's the rock that does not move. His way is the best way. And if we do life his way, we understand that, hey, when I, when I give God worship and I honor him and I do those things, he pours out from heaven upon me. When I sow into his kingdom, guess what? He blesses me. It's reaping and sowing, sowing and reaping. In, in the world, they call it the law of reciprocity. When I enter into some a job, a relationship of some kind, I say, okay, so I'm going to bring this to the table am I going to get anything out of that? We all have that question. And frankly, God intends that that we would receive. It's giving and receiving. And then finally, see the best in people. Hmm. You want to live the complete life? You're not going to do it by seeing the worst in people and trying to find the worst in people. See the best in people. Try and pull that out of people. And guess what will happen for you? It goes back to that principle. Other people will be doing that for you. Cause there's not a person in this room that doesn't have a blind side. <laughs> Many of us have been looking out the ear hole of our helmet of life, right? At times, like, whoa, I didn't see that one coming, you know. Uh, it's important to have people around us that see the best in us and what they're doing. They're pulling us up to that place that God intends us to be in the abundant life. We're gonna have difficulties, we're gonna have challenges. But we got to see the best in people because we want people that are around us to see the best in us. Amen? Amen. Would you stand to your feet this morning? I know that, that uh, I can't say I know all the issues or the challenges that you may be facing but here's what I know. All of us are facing some kind of issue or challenge in our life. and Living out what God's called us to live out in that relationship with Him. And so here's what I want to do right now. I ask you to just close your eyes all over the room. Now, we're not focused on the physical right now. There's mental needs. There's emotional needs. Next week we'll get to some of those spiritual, but I would say lift those up today too. But you know the physical, mental, and emotional challenges that you're facing in life, things you've thought about and you want to do and change. and just sometimes feel like, man, I just can't change. I can't, you know, can't do it. just going to ask us all right now just mentally and emotionally picture what those things are picture them see them, see those issues now I want to pray for you Heavenly Father I pray that those things that they see in their mind's eye right now in God they find themselves aligning with you coming to the rock that doesn't move. And God, they're releasing those things to you. God, I understand the discipline it takes to walk that out. But Lord, I'm asking you to do a miracle to outpour your grace upon them right now, your favor, your ability, your strength. God, where they feel they fainted, they would sense your strength coming upon them in those areas to decide because it is their decision to assert their will to go a different way with those things. By the power of the Holy Spirit right now we break the power of the enemy where it may be influencing and we submit those areas where we may desire another direction and God we call upon you to pour your grace out, to empower us to live our life for you more than we ever have in greater ways than we could ever dream. And that, Father, in the midst of that, we would remain humble, broken and contrite as we keep you high and we come to you, Lord, understanding that we're above and we're beneath. And as we submit ourselves under you, God, it's it's not a negative thing. It's the most positive thing we could ever experience because we're bringing ourselves under your care, under your abundance, under the complete life. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great week this week. And come back next week ready for the three dimensions of the spiritual fitness.